Hello there. My name is John Cosma. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Gray Lodge podcast. This is brand new. Uh, this is episode number one. I was thinking of doing an episode zero and sort of setting things up, but I just kind of want to get right into it. I think maybe because I have a certain amount of stuff on YouTube and I'm just kind of looking forward to doing this and then hemming and hawing for a while. But uh, I really want to get in and do this. So here we go. Okay, so I'm just going to kind of get into it here. Uh, like I said in the sort of intro, pre-intro intro, uh, my name is John Cosma. I am, uh, well, I mean, I don't really want to get into, well, I am this and making all these sort of weird declarations and everything. Uh, but I am sort of a um, student of a lot of weird and wonderful stuff. And that is what this sort of podcast is going to be about. Weird and wonderful stuff. Um, a bunch of occult things and pop culture commentary, uh, discussions of different topics and concepts. Uh, the, the first sort of part here, I kind of want to make it as, as a sort of basics and fundamentals of, of weird. So whether it be sort of occult things or UFOs or ghosts or just any uh, any sort of stuff like that, I, I teach and practice Chinese internal martial arts. So like Tai Chi, or it should be Tai Chi Chuan, Xing Yi Chuan, Baguazhang, Qi Gong. Um, I meditate, do Reiki, and all this other kind of stuff like that. So, you know, that's going to be involved and, and that's going to be a certain amount of the perspective that I'm going to bring into things as well is going to be through sometimes that sort of internal and energy sort of lens. Like I said, some pop culture commentary, there might be some things that I deem sort of pertinent to be on here. So there might be, you know, in, I believe it's October from now, I'm at, at point of recording, it's now late July, 2021. I believe it's October, the movie, a new movie version of Dune should be coming out. That is one of my favorite books, and I'm actually looking forward to the movie, so I might have an episode or two going off about Dune. Maybe just going off about the movie, whether I liked it or not, or, or you know, talking about different stuff from the book, even books or anything, um, as I've read it, not just the first one, but the next two after that as well. I also have every expectation that this will change over time. Uh, especially, you know, now we're, I'm kind of getting my feet wet with this and getting practice on, on how to create these episodes 
and sort of edit them here online or eventually get other better, more professional tools and, and things along those lines, maybe some guests, maybe uh, even I can, you know, sort of get a, a friend of mine involved or friend or friends or other people involved more regularly. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about, a lot of stuff I want to do. And I'm just, you know, trying to, to make that work and make that happen right now. I'm sort of in an interesting little transition period of my life. And I think that this is going to be something that's going to help it uh, push into something that I kind of want to do and, and be a little bit more than what I've kind of was doing and being beforehand. Uh, and that's part of, I also have a YouTube uh, channel with a lot of different stuff on it too. Uh, if you do happen to be interested in uh, looking up or, or hearing about or, or learning about any sort of internal martial arts stuff, I've got a bunch of stuff on my YouTube channel. So John and Cosma is C-O-S-M-A. And there's a lot of stuff on there. Again, it's sort of like I was describing about this and pop culture commentary, but also a lot of internal stuff and discussions on, on some meditative, even sort of philosophical, spiritually kind of stuff in there too. So like I said, one of the things that I, I want to go off on in, in some of these, especially these early episodes, would be basics and fundamentals of things. I, I, I like weird woo-woo stuff, regardless of any sort of realism about it, regardless of of any sort of materialist reductionism or gradualism that might be real or whatever, regardless of, of what is generally accepted uh, or more specifically accepted even by people whom I know, it's still interesting to me. Even if nothing at all is real at all, it's still interesting to me. I find sometimes as I'm listening to other podcasts or watching videos or episodes from you know stuff like history channel or something like that there are sometimes that there are some things that are kind of glossed over or if you come into it part way through you might not know who you know like kenneth arnold is if, if you're you know just starting into being interested in ufos might not know who that is and yeah we're in an internet age where you can look stuff up but you know what it's kind of nice to have things also Put together too. So over time, I want to, to build a sort of catalog of fundamentals and basics of sort of weird stuff. So, you know, there might be an episode on like the Voynich manuscript. There might be another episode on like John Dean, Edward Kelly. You know, if, if people don't know what like the Goetia is or, you know, uh, things like uh, you know, the bornless or headless ritual or different things about Alistair Crowley or something like that. That might be things that we, you know, will will put on here and and go forward. I, I even have one plan now talking about a little bit of not necessarily Alistair Crowley as a whole, but a couple of things that he talked about. Uh, that might be a mine we can go back to a couple of times because I do have some opinions on the man that might not be wholly... Uh, everyone else's cup of tea for it, but uh, I do, regardless of, of how important someone might be to a cultural 
touchstone or anything else like that. If someone's really abusive, I'm just going to kind of have a problem with that. And Crowley was not really a good person. So I'm going to have kind of a problem with some stuff. On top of that, too, if you've read a lot of his works, not really that good either. And I know there may be some people, well, you just don't get it because, you know, you're just seeing it from this one angle. And he was trying to, no, 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 no. Uh, there might be some things that he wrote that might have been like that, but there are other things that are just his being a sociopath and a narcissistic bastard kind of come through. But anyway, these are some of the, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the sort of baseline fundamental topics that we will get into. Again, sometime, and if I can get some people in to talk about their opinion their opinions of that as well that might be interesting but i will you know go off and uh, about different things and about different topics at different times and you know i want to create something that people can kind of go back to and look at and you know, it'd be kind of nice if people like listen to this. Be like, you know what? It's really cozy to hear him just sort of rant and ramble on about all this kind of crazy, different, weird stuff. And it's kind of neat to know that. All right, you know, you have your, um, you know, your higher side chats or your mysterious universe podcasts, and they're kind of jumping right in to stuff anyway. And this is kind of starting off a little bit, a little bit kind of more at the beginning. And some of that is is for me too. I the way I, I have learned internals and the way that I practice that and and is the, the same sort of thing that it's become a lifestyle that everything I, I, I go to with that, no matter how long I might have been studying something or how long I might be reading a particular author or something along those lines, I always want to return to basics, to the fundamentals, the foundations of the thing, whatever the thing might be, in order to get better at it. I think, I, I want to say the boxer's name was Bernard Hopkins. I think that's his name. I could be wrong about that, and uh, I hope I'm not. He seemed like an interesting sort of chap. Uh, I'm not a big sports guy. I'll just put this out there right now. Not a big sports guy. I utterly and totally respect the dedication and commitment uh, that the, the people who play professional sports get to and and the, the things that they're able to do that I cannot do and even some of the things that maybe I can-ish. Uh, but maybe not as well. Anything I'm, I respect the hell out of that. It's just not really something I'm super into. Once in a while, I get a little into something, or I can talk to friends about it, and and get into it a certain or a certain way. Sometimes the strategy is interesting, like in, in American football, the strategy can be interesting about things. Uh, and even though I'm a martial artist, I can only watch so much of professional fighting, uh, and most of that has to do with the attitude of people. A lot of times it has to do with the attitude of the fighters. If they get that real sort of diseased, toxic-ass male bullshit sort of energy where everything's got to be a challenge and everything's got to be really aggressive and mean and they're just bastards, I can't deal with that. I can't deal with it either if now the audiences are, you know, souped up affliction t-shirt, faux hawk, axe body spray, energy drink swilling, just sort of troglodytes are screaming and yelling for blood all the time. I can't deal with that either. 
I mean, that was one of the reasons why I really liked back in the day when there was the Pride Fighting Championship out of Japan. The fights were technically, in in terms of the, the techniques of the fighters, very good. Overall, it didn't. A lot of things did not just sort of devolve into a brawl, or just you know, sort of a, a crazy just hammering or something it was actually interesting technique fights and the audiences uh in in i think they were in tokyo were you know i mean they, they they even if someone wasn't like the sort of hometown favorite but they did something technically good they still cheered for it and it wasn't just like this out for blood sort of thing with it so i, I respected that and i liked it was able to kind of enjoy it more I really, I really am just trying to not be in or around a lot of that toxic stuff and just grates on me. And, and that really, I understand being competitive. I'm not particularly competitive myself. Most of my sort of competitive nature goes to me. I'm sort of competitive with myself. If I do not feel I did well or as good as i could have in something like when i was competing in in tournaments and stuff like that i beat myself up over it same thing when i was acting you know everyone's like oh it was really good oh, i could have done better and i beat myself up over that it wasn't necessarily that someone did better than me it was that i felt i failed myself so you know, that's where my sort of competitiveness is, is with that. And I, I'd like, you know, I like, you know, people performing in, in whatever they might be doing at, at high levels. But when that really sort of just grating aggression and that the, when competitiveness becomes competitiveness in order just to, to be king of the mountain uh, and and beat people down and stuff i i can't deal with it if competitiveness is there in somebody because it drives them to you know sort of higher purposes and planes for themselves that i respect infinitely more uh, none of that has anything to do with what i was trying to talk about here uh <laughs> but uh but i think it's also it, it is just sort of an interesting thing to think about you know, I'm I'm American, born and raised in late 20th, early 20th, first century United States of America, and it's all about competition. You know, it, it's uh, the the one line was it Ron Swanson in Parks and Recreation has it's you know capitalism is, you know, the way to discern whether someone is smart or poor. I. I wholeheartedly do not agree with that but that's the sort of thing oh if, if i'm screwing somebody over then i'm winning because i'm getting more money or you know i can be a, a rat bastard to other people but because i'm making somebody money or i'm getting some sort of prestige or something like that then that makes it okay and it doesn't for me uh and yeah, it's just it's every everything is seen as a competition. Everything is seen as a way to sort of, you know, get one over on somebody else. And I just, I really, I just really don't enjoy that mentality. Uh, I really don't. Uh, so again, that's almost sort of one of the reasons for these sort of podcasts is, you know, while I'm trying, I, I have two novels that I have finished and I'm trying to get published. I have multiple short stories that also have not been published. 
and you know if i can if i can support myself with writing and podcasting and things like that and be able to sort of hide in a sort of you know i don't i don't need a big house uh, i the ex has the pug i just have the cat she's little uh, I don't require a whole great deal of space, just enough sort of space to play some Tai Chi in, and I don't really need a whole lot of other stuff than that. So if I can kind of hide in a you know quiet little corner of some place, maybe with some woods, and and be kind of left alone in a lot of different things, and just sort of support myself with writing and podcasts, then bully, <laughs> excellent, and I can kind of continue my uh, ever growing hermitage. Uh, I do not have an oxen to be able to ride off into the mountain mountains as Lao Tzu once did. And even if I did, I, you know, I don't have the, the spiritually awakened acumen to be able to just hand off something as grand as the Tao Te Ching to some guard as, as I go either. Uh, so this is this is it. It's going to take me a lot more words to be able to do what some of uh, those other realized individuals have done, and and the like. So that all being said, as a sort of rambling, twisting little introduction, one of the things I kind of wanted to start it off, uh, start it off, if I was enunciating things more correctly is the idea of be wary of things that are easy be wary of the things that or people especially that kind of are selling literally and or figuratively that oh you know everyone's saying this thing fill in the blank is difficult but no i got a shortcut for it i figured it all out and be very wary of that beware of that and i kind of want to program this into the beginning because as i'm talking about wanting to do stuff with fundamentals and basics and and maybe having different topics of conversations and things along those lines I recognize that I'm putting myself out there as now having some manner of expertise in things. It's difficult for me to do that uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, there are some things that I, I feel somewhat confident about, but that's not a lot of things. Self-esteem and something in my <laughs> years alive on this planet, at least in this lifetime, is not something that's come particularly easy to me. Uh, so putting myself out as a sort of expert or, or master of any sort of knowledge or anything like that is not really what I'm going for. It's not really what I'm trying to do. And and as a, you know, trying to get back into some sort of basics or fundamentals, I'm not trying to circumvent or shortcut anything either, because both of those things, whether it's to knowledge, whether it's to skill, or whether it's to, you know, again, spiritual acumen or anything else like that, those aren't helpful. And, you know, it just really, just really sort of bothers me when now people try and, and take something that people have done for years and years and years 
do it for a couple minutes, relatively speaking, and then can kind of throw it in and be like, I figured it out. So I'll give you an example. Again, I teach things like Taiji, Taiji Chuan. I've been teaching it for, I've been studying it for about 22 years. Most of that time I've been in some instructor role or another, or preparing for an instructor role or something along those lines. So when I get people into any of my classes and they're like, oh, we took Tai Chi before. Oh, that's cool. For how long? Oh, a little bit of time. Oh, okay. So we don't need to go over breathing or the stepping of the posture. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? They, you know, the, the postnatal Dantian breathing, you know, you're supposed to have this breathing thing down. Oh, well, we never learned that. So the very fundamentalist thing that we do every day, even involuntarily, that has a specific thing in this practice that you're trying to do, you're never taught. What about the eight energies and five steppings? Nope, nope. You know, and I had people just last week even telling me it was like, people we've gone to before, they don't break stuff down. We ask them something specific and they don't know. And this bothers me. You know, I think, and, and again, sometimes you see things in gyms too. You get people get these little sort of, you know, gym bunnies going in with yoga or Tai Chi or, you know, Reiki or do your Kundalini this, that, or the other thing. And really what they did is they went to like a weekend seminar, got a piece of paper from someone just basically having a paper mill for it. And now they're going out there and, and sorry, and excuse the language, but fucking people up. And, and this is what I'm talking about is, is, People have studied a lot of things, shamanism, energy work, all this other stuff for lifetimes. And, and when you, you find a, a proper teacher and they're transmitting to you these things, then you know, you're, you're getting the benefit of all that experience. It's almost like from Jurassic Park, you know, Ian Malcolm was saying it was, you know, you, you didn't earn the knowledge for yourself. You stood on the shoulders of giants and before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it, you packaged it, you put it in a lunchbox and now you sell and you just sell it. And that's what a lot of times people are doing. And, and part of this is, and if has, has to do with the sort of society and culture that we have at this point in time in the West, at least I, I can only, again, I can only speak for late 20th, early 21st century United States. That's all I know. Unfortunately, if I, if I can someday travel around like I'd like to, maybe I'd be able to speak on some other things. But right now with this, what we have is that sort of culture. Get in, get fast, get dirty, get your, get your money. It doesn't matter if it's really correct. Just kind of give people this putrescent surface layer scum of what it is and then people think they they've got it and you, you hand them a certificate they give you a crap ton of money and all of a sudden everybody's happy but also everyone is completely watered down the well of something beautiful and wonderful and all of a sudden people have now created a perpetual total misunderstanding of a thing as well you know, we, we have fast and, and dirty is what I think. Look at, look at our infrastructure, even our infrastructure with this. At one point in time, you know, we built everything, you know, in the 50s or whatever to, to be long lasting and, 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 and everything else. And now we build things. It's, it's fast and cheap. Look at our roads. We don't build with concrete anymore. We have that cheap shit 
skim coat macadam that you know i'm in i'm i'm from cleveland so one good winter you know plow it three or four times and that thing's coming up and everything you just you 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 know made people's lives a, a hell for however many weeks tearing something up now you got to patch it in and the patches don't work because those get torn up in another uh plowing or anything else like that and it's just cheap shit and crap constantly constantly we live in a society that has created the idea of planned obsolescence you know that that is the the idea that you know you build something instead to last like it used to be you build something to fail after x amount of time and then you plan in whatever the warranties are going to be to not really kind of cover that you know it's just this really polluted toxic way to just keep being scum on people and and that idea proliferates everywhere you know, being, you know, there, there, it's no wonder that a lot of sort of what would be considered esoteric things are, are laughed at now, besides the fact that, you know, for the past, you know, few hundred years, that sort of materialist, reductionalist, gradualist idea of, of science and the gatekeepers of that have sort of even poisoned and polluted science as a whole because now people who are doing realistically realistic you know science valid and reliable science testing when it's testing and testing when it's supposed to test over time but coming up with results that might be different from what the gatekeeper in the mainstream might say they're getting thrown out and labeled as kooks and everything else like that but even beside the point for that, it's it's no wonder that that some of these things that are seen as more esoteric or woo-woo or anything are are laughed at because there's so many sort of just shysters out there doing crap work with it. And and they their their knowledge and their experience can't hold up to any scrutiny. Uh, people again goes back to even the the competitive thing. So now people get aggressive with stuff like that, and it, it just spirals into this really messed up sort of thing. And, and people get called out and proven as being phony, time and time again, and that just sort of ruins it for everybody else. So if you know you have people who are you know legitimate lineages and and families and societies in in like hardcore old school voodoo sort of stuff or even you know things like taiji especially yoga you know yoga is is if you ask someone where yoga came from and they'll be like oh this guy did the stretching of the thing it's like well you know the mythology behind it has to do with like shiva and parvati and and bringing shiva to to have compassion for the suffering of the world and these posts you know and all this other stuff i get I'm, I'm not really a yoga guy but i remember reading about this or hearing about this before and it's like who knows this who in in the, the larger sort of yoga community and everyone in their tights and their mats and all this other stuff and and all the, the necklaces and and the tie-dye and the white people with dreads and all this other stuff how many people actually know the mythology of what created this and if you knew the mythology of that would you still play it and if you and not just what you know again some dude at a gym is doing but what their the real yoga old school real stuff 
that was practiced originally, would you even recognize it, number one? And number two, you know, would you even want to, to do that at that point in time? Because it's going to be very different than what we're sort of sold in a, in a very thin layer of, of experience at now. So there's tons of people who are just selling a lot of stuff without knowing anything, and they're not doing the damn work. So if we're going to talk about stuff like, yeah, science or anything in terms of actually having a, a, an esoteric sort of thing, meditation, if someone's selling you a fast and easy way to meditate, they're full of crap. If someone's like, I figured this out, 8,000 years of, of history of this thing or five or three or whatever it is, the thing is, but I figured this out what no one has done before. They're full of shit. Calling it out right now. They're full of shit. You know, I read something and um, I want to say it was Steal My Art. It's a, a book about a, a Tai Chi teacher. And, and that they were talking to somebody else and it was like, well, what's it like to play Tai Chi perfectly? And the, the teacher responded, was like, you know, I thought I did this one time and then I realized I didn't when I played better later on. And I thought that was perfect and it was, and that wasn't either. And that's true. It's like, you're, we're never going to be perfect, but you practice to be as perfect as you can be. You practice for perfection, but, you know, don't sort of... A, make yourself results oriented for perfection because it's never, never going to get there. And he was like, I've perfected this thing of yoga. I've perfected this. No, the hell you haven't, you know? And even if it's now going into, I, I was, when I was working mental health, I was beta testing this mindfulness program. And that the, the only thing I really got out of that was some brain information. Other than that, their mindfulness stuff that they were supposedly sort of, you know, learning from the East and all this other thing was again, real surface scum level. It wasn't really what it was talking about. So I had it, I interjected some, some stuff that I knew from it. And that was one of the reasons they wanted to have me beta test it, but it was just, Oh, we're, well, we're using mindfulness now in, in mental health. Well, no, you're really not. You're slapping the word on there without really understanding what it is that we mean by mindfulness. And I, I, I do want to just make this other point here as well. I'm going to sort of tie this in with a couple things. Uh, let me say this. There should be a certain root connection to something older. If we're talking about, again, we're talking about yeah, Tai Chi or yoga or something meditative or something spiritual, something along those lines. There needs to be some sort of connection with a true transmission from the people who originally created the thing to now. And now, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be, well, only these famous people in the lineage count and anyone else doesn't count. If you don't have these certain people in the lineage, then your thing is nothing. But, and I don't believe that either. But if you're, you're going to go to somebody, you need to have someone who's got a root connection to some sort of lineage and can speak intelligently and intellectually about the lineage. 
you know, who their teachers were, their teachers and their teachers. You might not know, you know, if you, you have something that goes back, you know, 800 years or something like that, it, it's unreasonable to assume that you're going to know every single person that lineage. You know, there are some practices that might have you do that. It's, it's, it's an unreasonable assumption to have. But you should still be able to speak with some intelligence about the lineage, uh, uh, at least have some names, a little bit of background information, something along those lines, in order to, you know, understand your place in it as well. And if you're looking for people and they just sort of ho hum, well, I know I knew this guy, and blah 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 blah. That's a good indication that this person is kind of full of it. And, and they can say, well, my teacher really didn't talk about that or anything. So now you might be two generations into people who are kind of full of it. Not great. Again, it doesn't have to be, okay, so-and-so begat so-and-so in their lineage of Xingyi. And then this person did this, da, 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 da. don't need to know everybody. But there should still be some intelligent conversation of lineage and the importance therein. That being said... I am against dogma for the sake of dogma. Do this this way because this was always done this way. Only goes so far for me. There might be some things and something you're trying to learn that, okay, yeah, you do have to do it only this sort of way and do it this sort of way uh, because that's the only way it's going to work. You might have to do, you know, do this X, Y to Z this way because that's going to give you the experience you need to do the next thing after that so there might be some things where that sort of dogmatic approach is necessary there might be some people who need a certain amount of dogma because their minds and their energy and everything else are so sort of chaotic that they need the extra layers of structure that maybe on average people don't need as much but if you're really getting a lot of people or, or someone in, this is just this is the way it is, and that's it. And any sort of questioning of things is now met with some, you know, some form of aggression, aggression, either, you know, passive aggressive, oh, look at this guy or something, or you need to be quiet, you need to just learn this, learn your place and learn this thing, the other thing, or in some instances, actually maybe physical aggression, which is really not great either. Um, none of these things are, are particularly wonderful. But, uh, you know, the, these are things to, to sort of look out for. If it's, if it's this way or the highway and that's it, and any sort of asking of questions, maybe that's not going to be a place that's super comfortable uh, for you. It would not be for me. Uh, I, I've, you know, I have a certain background of do this just because, or think this, or feel this just because, and you're not allowed to do this. Well, why not? Because uh, it doesn't work for me. You know, uh, it, it doesn't. I, I need to understand, and I don't know if it's just because I was introduced to things like, um, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie novels at a very young age, or you know, all the Star Trek and Star Wars influenced me, or. Um, I'm old enough uh, to have been watching er, er, uh, old classic Doctor Who when our local PBS station started airing it after I was born. 
uh, <laughs> you know, maybe all those things sort of program something into me that it's sort of like a really, really hard and fast sort of uh, uh, rule or, or sort of authority or something. And I just sort of have a no knee jerk sort of reaction to that. But there are there, but you know, there are times where even, even that sort of fun with chaos needs to have a balance of order as well. So another, yeah, just another thing to look for is, is that sort of dogma for dogma's sake. If people don't know basics, if, you know, you ask them, what are the basics of this? If you're going to go into Tai Chi for, I'm just going to use that as a lot of examples because it's, I'm more familiar with it. If you, you want to learn Tai Chi and you go in like, okay, well, these people are talking about the eight energies and the five stepping. And they're talking about something with post-needle breathing. And that's weird. I don't understand any of this. And you go and you ask someone about that in class, whether it's a college or whether it's a, a gym, whether it's someone's actual school or workshop or something somewhere. And they're like, oh, um, uh, uh, well, I don't really know. Or that really doesn't come up. Or I'm not going to talk about that right now. You, you don't need to need it. Well, no, you kind of do need to know that. Those are basics. Now, you don't maybe need to know the eight energies of Peng Lujia and Kele Zhukao, and they mean ward off and roll back and press, push, pull down, split elbow or shoulder. You might not need to know all that if you're just, you know, in it for a couple weeks or anything. You know, and you can build that knowledge in slowly over time. But if your teacher doesn't talk about all that and just blurts right through it, that's something to know. Critical thinking is something we do not do at all anymore. When we need to, we need to think about what we see, what we observe. Uh, what we, 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 first of all, we need to observe more than just see. You know, you have hearing is the actual function that the ears do. Listening is when you're paying the hell attention. Seeing is what the eyes do. Observing is paying attention. Uh, situational awareness, the critical thinking, being able to to have a situation and be able to think about it, break it down, why things happen, why is probably like the most important question. And, it, and, and sometimes it's good to just question why of other people, but you need to do that of yourself as well. Because it's always going to come down to you. It's going to come down to your own abilities to your own um, process of how you process. You know, you might have a wonderful blood relative family. You might have a wonderful found family. You might have a wonderful teacher and group of people that you train with and, and learn from and whatever it might be at all. Even if, even if it's, you know, you have a really, really good Dungeons and Dragons um, uh, squad and you guys are, are really supportive and really talking about a lot of stuff and maybe even use the game as a way to kind of work through things with yourself and with each other. When it comes down to it, even you're the perfect therapist in the world, when it comes down to it is you still have you. You don't have anybody else. You have you. And if you aren't doing the work, whatever the work might be, you're never going to get there. You know, if you want to play guitar, and you want to play guitar like Steve Vai, you know, watching a couple, you know, YouTube things or something like that, and then practicing, you know, five, 10 minutes 
every other day, you're not going to get there. You might slowly build up some skill. And even if you have a very intrinsic natural talent and like perfect pitch and all this other stuff like that, you want to be Steve I, you're not going to do it without putting the damn work in. So beware of anything. And this is going to be a much broader scope of things. Beware of anything that says, just do this and this is all you need to do. This is where, you know, the sort of gatekeepers of religion become really sort of heinous as well, because they're telling you, this is what this scripture, whatever it might be, whatever, at any point in time, this is what this says. And this is the only thing that this says. And if you want your reward, you need to do this the way I tell you, the way this organization tells you. Well, first of all, having your spirituality basically be a form of capitalism. I want the reward later, so I got to do this now and get my paycheck when I go to heaven sort of thing. That's, again, that's spiritual capitalism, and that's not going to be very helpful either. And that's not, again, you're not really, you're not really doing the work. You can go out and volunteer. You can go out and, and give money to people who, who need it. You can, you can sit there and, and be, uh, uh, lend an ear to people who need it. But if your intent is just to sit there and do those things because you're going to get your cookie later on, you're not really a good person. You're not because your intent isn't to do those things because they're the right things to do. Your intent is to do things because you think you're going to get something later. That's, that's a paycheck. That's capitalism. That's not true goodness. It's not truly putting the work into what it is that you're saying you're going to do. But regardless of any of that, the, the, again, it's the work, the research, the being able to, you know, again, the fundament, fundamentals and the basics. No one wants to do the fundamentals and the basics. I realized just now that I started talking about 40 minutes ago, whatever, boxer Bernard Hopkins, and I started going off on a, on a sports thing. Let me get back to that now. Um, when I, I, again, I don't really follow sports, but when I was a sort of wraparound case manager and had to drive around a lot, I would sometimes listen to Jim Rome, the sports uh, guy. And he had the boxer Bernard Hopkins on. I think that's the guy's name. And he, he was, you know, a little bit older for being in professional sports. And I don't remember the other boxer they were talking about, but they were talking about this other guy who had just a lot of natural raw talent, speed, strength. He could move, he could hit, and it was raw, natural talent. But you know, after a few fights, after a few years, guy starts getting beaten. And he gets beaten because he didn't have the basics down. He didn't work on the fundamentals and the basics early on in his career. So when that natural ability starts slipping, as it will, as we all get older, he didn't have anything to fall back on. And Bernard Hopkins was saying, it was like, I didn't have that sort of natural talent and skill. So I had to grind the basics. I had to grind the fundamentals. And that's why he was able to achieve, you know, victory in his chosen sport, even when he would be considered 
a little too old for it because he was he had that foundation laid for it and that needs to be done on an individual level so if you you know you go to a church and the church is part of a large organization and they're saying this is what this means you got to you got to open the damn book and start figuring it out for yourself too. You know, doing the research, understanding that, you know, these, none of the scriptures and pretty much anywhere is actually really meant to be taken literally. A lot of this stuff is actually meant to be sim, uh, symbolic. It's meant to be, you know, the, a lot of these, these things come from these, these ritual paradigms where all the stuff that people are talking about are symbols and they're symbols for things about you. And, and, you know, hidden inside these symbols are, are ways and things for you to think about and things for you to do, to be able to raise yourself up in that sort of spiritual manner, but you still have to do the work. No one else is going to be able to do it, whether it's a Catholic church or, you know, the Golden Dawn, or any of this other stuff. No one else in a robe and, and accoutrements and fancy words that they repeat in certain, in certain patterns and different patterns that they make in the air, regardless of how much energy they put into it. None of that's going to mean a thing if you just listen to it and go back out and don't do anything about it yourself. And... that's that's part of you know be wary of things that are easy because if someone's selling you you don't need to do the work yourself and it's a cult <laughs> you know it's a cult or again it's it's some just sort of short-circuited shyster about it it's not real and you know just and also beware of just because someone has all the trappings of it doesn't mean that it's authentic you know, just because, you know, you might go to some Tai Chi guy and maybe they got nice long hair. Oh, I miss having long hair. Um, you know, and they've got the the Tao, not the sort of hipster man bun crap, but like an actual sort of Taoist hairdo or they have their head shaved. I have my head shaved because I'm bald, not because I'm trying to, you know, be more Zen or anything else like that. Uh you know, but they, they shave their head because, oh, they got a thing. And they're always wearing beads and they always have a certain robe. And they've always got, you know, all that stuff is sort of nice. And that kind of might help you kind of get you in the mood for it and, and kind of put you in a certain headspace for things. But if all it is is trappings, it's not authentic. If they got all the stuff, but they can't speak to you intelligently about things or they start getting aggressive or mad about stuff like that too, it's just trappings. It's not authentic. You know, I, I'd much rather go, you know, if I was to go to someone for some sort of magic thing or or psychic reading or something like that, if it's just some 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 random like get together a party and it's just some person sitting at like this like shoddy card table just chatting people up in like their jeans and a t shirt and coming in there and, and doing some awesome hardcore stuff than going into some fancy neon storefront with all the shawls and beads and all this and someone's got some sort of wannabe romani kind of thing going on and 
and you know whatever the music or anything else like that and they're full of crap I say this sometimes, even if I'm talking about going to like tournaments or something like that, I'd rather have when I judge tournaments, I'd rather have to see somebody play correctly than play with a like super flexibility and a lot of jumps and all this crazy stuff and all like the modern wushu flibbity flu matrix jumping and all that other crap. I don't want to see that. I want to see someone authentic. And if you can do both, double bonus. You know, and again, sometimes those trappings are nice because it gets you into that mindset, that headspace of making this the thing that you want it to be. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's part of that's part of the ritual. That's part of the the, the making the change in you that you want to make and everything. And, and some of that comes with it. But if if that's all that is, you know, there's there's tons of politicians are doing that. You know, there's tons of people, even, you know, some of these, uh, um, you know, some of these people that everyone's just like, oh, well, they were so much about peace and everything. Like, no, it was trappings. It was trappings because they were, you know, violent and abusive to, you know, every woman they were with and they were neglectful fathers or something like that. And they were utterly phony. They they convinced people that they were this peaceful thing, whatever, and, and they weren't. Because they had the trappings, but they were not authentic. So that the authenticness, the basics, the fundamentals, this is is part of being rooted. And you need to be rooted. And we'll get in, I'll talk about this in a sort of energetic idea here in a second. But think of it like this. You can't really build a house from the roof first. So if someone's like, hey, if you want to open your kundalini, just do this. And just do this for a couple of minutes, and by the end of the weekend, we'll have you open it up. Well, no, because there are people who dedicate their whole lives to that and and meditate and train and eat a certain way and practice all this other stuff and don't get things to work up, and they're going to teach you to do it in a couple days? Come on. You know, and, and it's dangerous at that point in time, too. So remember, you have to build the foundation, and the foundation of the house has to be strong in order to support that damn thing through storms and just through settling and through time without shifting and, and cracking the walls and making the, the ceiling collapse and all that. You know, you, you got to have the basics and the fundamentals down. So if we're going to talk about energy now, you know, think of it even like um, electricity and things like that. You know, if your wiring isn't done right, if it's not grounded correctly, there's grounded, if it's not rooted correctly, you know, if there's leaks somewhere, you know, frayed wires or things aren't, you know, um, uh, circuited correctly and things like that, you're not going to get it to work right. And it's the same thing with the body. Only now with the body, if we're going to talk about moving energy or doing energy work in the body, you're going to mess up your health. <laughs> you know, Sun Lutong, who's a, a famous uh, internal martial artist, um, I think I think he was born in the late 19th and, and lived through the early part of the 20th century. He even says in his book, I have this this one, his Xing Yi book, Xing Yi Chuan Tre, and um, the study of form mind boxing and everything, 
and and he says it even in that it's like if you don't play correctly and mildly with it whatever you're working on trying to help is going to double back and you're going to harm it so when you play pichwa and the splitting fist that's supposed to help your lungs if you don't play it correctly you're not going to help your lungs you're going to mess your lungs up now let's let's also i mean i've i've heard stories of people who tried to go too far too fast with moving energy and kundalinis and chakras and all this other stuff and shooting stuff out of their head and all this other thing and they went crazy because they burned out stuff in their brain or people who got really really ill because they're not rooted and and stuff starts blowing out in weird ways and it hurts them and remember too the brain is not the only place that has neurons the heart and around the stomach do as well and uh, from what i understand around the sort of uh, pelvic pubic area uh, too which is interesting because maybe just maybe people who spent their whole lives you know feeling in inside their body for it um they're they're starting to find that these neural clusters correspond to some of these chakras and dantians oh so maybe chakra or dantian is just that other way of saying neural neuron clusters or neural clusters because they didn't have the language for it oh maybe we shouldn't be just a bunch of stuck up assholes about things that we don't understand and um you know just maybe not throw everything out just because we weren't indoctrinated into to some you know hyper mechanistic view of the human body or something like that to the point of actually being almost inhuman in some ways but I mean, if we're, even if you take out the idea of chi or ki or anything else, like, or prana or anything else like that, and just talk about it as bioelectric energy, it's still electric. If it's not grounded correctly, you're going to blow stuff out. If you try and force stuff into the head or around the body when it's not used to it, and you haven't done the preliminary work for it, it's either not going to work, and then what's what usually happens at that point in time is the person who doesn't work for it gets really frustrated and says screw it never tries it again and then probably spends a bunch of time poo-pooing everything else that might even vaguely resemble this because they didn't get super fast results immediately to begin with and yes it is very easy to be results oriented and yes everyone is results oriented in some fashion the ideal and the idea is to try and alleviate some of those results-oriented thinking in order to, to make things happen more correctly. Even, even if we're talking about just personal training and fitness and weightlifting, there's they call energy leaks in, in places where your uh, posture or anything else like that might be incorrect. They call them energy leaks because you're using more effort and more energy incorrectly in that place instead of doing it in the correct fashion where where the muscles and the and tendons and ligaments that are supposed to correctly do the thing can correctly do the thing so you know these shortcuts these things that are super quickly done um you got to be careful of them now there are times where maybe you might get a little bump or a little jump or a breakthrough in something else like that and those are wonderful and they they can come unexpectedly uh so they might come sometimes expectedly you know if you really go in and do a hardcore thing or something like that you might get a little breakthrough 
And that's great, and that's wonderful. You cannot and should not and must not rely on breakthroughs. I don't even really care what it is. You can't rely on breakthroughs. They're few and far between. Uh, they're unreliable. And, you know, you can't live your life just expecting, well, I, I'm, I'm not going to do a whole lot of work. I'm just going to wait for this thing to blow up for me. It's never going to blow up for you if you don't put the work to create the breakthrough to begin with. You know, the breakthrough is something where there's enough pressure behind it built up that it pushes through whatever sort of block mentally or emotionally you might have or, or something else like that. So without the work to build up that pressure, you're not going to get a breakthrough. However, don't let a perceived lack of breakthrough make you imagine that you're not making progress. If someone is consistently and diligently doing the best that they can each day, and that is going to change day by day, and even sometimes hour by hour, depending upon what's going on. You know, if someone is, is able to go through and be consistent and discipline with that, there will be progress being made. You know, it might be hard as you're kind of, you know, slogging up that hill of whatever it is that you're trying to get through it. It's sometimes it's hard to, to know that, you know, you've come a long way. Sometimes you kind of have to take stock and look back and say, hey, you know what? I, I have made a lot of progress and it's been hard. It's been a difficult thing, but you've done it. So, you know, just because there's not breakthroughs coming through doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. You know, trust that with consistent, earnest application of the correct principles of whatever it is. If you want to paint like Bob Ross and you're watching a bunch of Bob Ross things, the consistency that you do with that is going to yield results. Again, playing guitar, you want to be whomever. Or, you know, weightlifting or writing or you know, reading through a whole thing. You know, they, you know, practice, you know, perfect practice makes perfect or anything, but it's that consistency, that diligence, and when your intent is in for making progress, it will happen. So I, I don't want people to think that, oh, well, anyone who is talking about a breakthrough or anyone who's saying that, you know, they they were able to do something a little faster than maybe normal, then they're wrong and they're bad. No, 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 not at all. Because some people are, are able sometimes to move things along a little faster than others. And, you know, there's talent, there's skills, um, uh, uh, you know, a perfect sort of mix of teacher and environment and and moment. And those happen. But if you see other people with breakthroughs, that doesn't mean that you're not making progress either. Uh, I'm, I'm very cognizant of validation. So I don't want people to think that, oh, everything is just a slog. Everything is just super hard all the time. And I'm never going to see progress. I'm never going to see breakthroughs. No, that's not accurate. That's not true. But it's not going to be a fast and easy thing. There, There is going to have to be, you know, 
diligent work and effort put into something as well. Okay. Um, I also want to want to make a sort of comment with this too is of, of having an allowance of perspective because there's there's not really just one way one perspective of things and it's easy to think that way if you see someone you know being successful with something like that it's easy to think that way too if that's what you're sort of grown up in and they're like it's this my way or the highway it's this is the way the world is and this is what happens and anything different than this is bullshit and it's lying to you you know um you want to be an actor then you you know you better be willing to do a lot of like bad sex stuff or anything because that's the only way anyone ever gets ahead in anything unless they're related to somebody and and any other thing you're going to do is wrong it's not going to work or you want into heaven the only way is is through this one way of thinking well no no uh and you know there, there's multiple perspectives in in anything now there there can be a capital t truth underlying things and everything like that as well but if we're talking about any sort of practices whether you want to do magic stuff i don't mean like illusionist card trick uh, sort of magic I'm talking about like yeah like Crowley Golden Dawn or chaos stuff or witchy things or if you want to do proper yoga or Tai Chi or anything else like that there's a certain fundamentals of what the basis and basics of things are but that doesn't mean that now this one way is the only way that you're going to achieve success in that again this is the way cults are formed You, you, you need to be allowed to question things. You need to be allowed to understand things from multiple angles. That's really the only way you're, you're going to really kind of understand things because you can't understand something just from one view. You've got to get multiple angles on it and everything else like that. If I mean, just look at you know a lot of things going on in terms of society in the world now. We get people who think that this one way of being is going to be the only way it's going to be. And there are people who have been marginalized and abused and genocided and raped and pillaged for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. They're like, no, we're telling you what the perspective of the people that you're doing this to is. And just because you always lived with something for so long and that's the way you're used to doesn't make it right because we live through this in this other way and we're telling you we're done with it you know we just got done renaming the the cleveland baseball team from the indians to the guardians and there's so many people that are just like everything's ruined all these people the silent majority some sheriff talking about some silent majority of people oh this is ruined oh there's no problem it's no problem at all i know like one guy who said once it wasn't a problem well uh, there's also tons of people who for 60 years have been trying to get this name changed and to get the mascot changed because it was this this horrible caricature. So there are people who are affected by this, who are telling you how you're affected by this. You don't get to tell them how they're affected by these things. This That's what abusers do. 
if someone is abusing you even emotionally or psychologically and you say hold up you know my boundaries are this you're crossing that i don't like this and like no that's not what's going on at all and like well yeah it is you don't you don't get to tell me that what you just did uh, you don't get to tell me what i felt about that <laughs> you know and and that's what we're doing we have this yeah, an abusive culture really that's telling people how they should feel about things and it's it's not helpful and people wonder why you know people are miserable and and health rates are all over the place and everything else like that besides the horrible water that we have and all these other things well it's because people are constantly living in almost like a, a state of of abuse and and that sort of shadow stuff that's built up in the subconscious you know, if you don't deal with that, you don't deal with that abuse, you don't deal with that dark side, you don't deal with that shadow side, it will control you. And you can be as much as a light and love and light and love sort of little fairy dancer as you want. But if you don't deal with that, it's going to affect you and it's going to lead you. And you know what? A lot of the people who are the really sort of hyper goody two-shoe yeah, you know, you get the sort of new agey light and love people all the time. Everything is just light and love. Everything. No, no, the hell it's not. Because the light casts shadows. Even by going back to Bob Ross, Bob Ross even say, you need to have the dark because without the dark, you can't see the light. You, and he's just, just like life that way. Even Bob Ross is telling you that. You know, the, the, the person who you might think is the ultimate sort of grounded light and love person is telling you, you need the dark. And you have it because we're constantly taking in information, sensory information. We're constantly thinking, we're constantly feeling because we're human beings and that's what we do. And if you don't deal with that and work on that in a consistent and disciplined way, it's going to rule you. And you know, damn what? A lot of those light and love people, uh, a lot of all these sort of good religious sort of people who talk this sort of really one note game of how everything is this one perfect sort of positive light way those are some of the most angriest most just sort of kind of grumpiest hate-filled passive aggressive mean people you're ever going to meet you challenge them a little bit and those teeth start coming out because they don't deal with all that other stuff and it, it they're they're constantly at a seven or eight and it doesn't take anything to get to them to a nine or a ten but they project light and love and they project rescuing stuff. Again, I come from, I've worked mental health for a dozen and a half years. Some of these people who come in and try work with mostly adolescents and kids, some of these people come in and rescue these kids from situations that the kids created. You know, the kids sitting there violently tearing stuff up and abusing people and all these other things. And they go in and just sort of, no, it's okay. We'll let them do this, that, and other thing. It's like, you're not doing them any good. Because, you know, there has to be a way to deal with these behaviors in a way that's going to be healthy for everyone involved. Just rescuing them and whisking them off and, and negating any sort of consequences from it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make you a better person either. Just because you took someone else out of a situation where they're getting consequences doesn't make you a good person. It doesn't make you uh, now some sort of holy being or something like that. You're projecting your own lack of ability to deal with your your own 
hate, your own anger, your own fear, your own depression, your own trauma, anything else like that. I don't care if you volunteer at three different churches and 4-H and, you know, you see someone that, oh, oh, this person is doing something wrong and you just jump down their throat, blow things out of proportion. I've had people do this to me. Jump down my throat, try and gaslight me, try and force me into a situation that, that did not happen. Force me to admit to a situation of things that did not happen. Um, because they were trying so hard to rescue this thing. And again, mean, angry people. Oh, but they volunteer with this and it's light and love and, you know, God be with you and all this other stuff like that. Well, no, you're not fooling me. You're not fooling anyone. You know, when when time comes and, and I, I personally, for me, am not someone who believes that death is the end. It's a change. And at the end and during that change, there's a lot of shit you got to deal with. You got to deal with your shit. And you got to deal how much your stuff then affected other people too. And there's a lot of people who are sitting there on their little thrones, all high and mighty. You're going to have a real bad time of it when that stuff starts coming back around, whether that karma hits them here in, in, in the material world or after. They're going to have a bad time of it. Uh, so yeah, I actually have some notes on this cause I wanted to try and keep it in a, going a certain way and we can see how, how well that's going. Again, this is the first one I'll, I'll have more directed <laughs> sort of things later on as we go. So, and you know what, and, if, and when the work that you're trying to do is done correctly, even if you're not seeing a lot of breakthroughs or something like that, you can trust the process that things will start working out and things will start being taken care of. Again, a Tai Chi example. You know, you don't really have to know that, you know, when when you make this motion or that motion from Qigong or, you know, if you play brush knee, it's hitting. You don't really have to know all the meridians and all the organs and all the other stuff that it's doing. If you play correctly with the correct intent, the correct focus, the correct breathing, the correct body posture, the correct movement, stuff starts taking care of itself inside the body. And that starts kind of working out with life too. You know, it doesn't have to be everything super forced all the time. Do the best you can. Uh, and be prepared for things and over time and things will work out the way that they're supposed to. Oh, wow. I'm ahead of myself in some of these things too. Interesting. Uh, and, and just, and I know there's been a lot of this talk where I'm talking about like um, Tai Chi and yoga and stuff like that. And that will be a thing. I also, again, like, woo-woo stuff too. And let's not confuse, if we use, the, if we use the, the word that's going to trigger people one way or another, if we use the word magic, whether you want to throw that sort of mildly pretentious K at the end of it or not, I think it was even Damien Eccles who was talking about really magic is and it's sort of like Western ritual magic. It's really no different 
than if you're doing some of this like energy work and meditation things from you know India or China or Japan. It's just a way to sort of be able to power through. Um, I guess it's a way to try and and work on in one lifetime what some of these other things work on over maybe a few lifetimes. Uh, so it's a way to, to try and get it and to have that thing happen now. That, if you want to call it enlightenment, you want to call it awakening, whatever it might be. Real alchemy. It's it's the, the real philosopher's stone, the real gold that the lead turns into isn't a material thing. It's you. It's your spirit. It's your energy. It's your you know, soul or souls, whatever you want to call it. You know, you're taking the base thing that is your body and your brain and that sort of untrained, unconditioned thing, and you're purifying it, refining it into something now more so. So think of it, think of it almost like Star Wars. The idea is, you know, the idea is sort of to be the force ghost. You have enough of the, the energy work and the alchemy done where that's the immortality where the consciousness keeps going in in the sort of idea of of uh, almost an individual as opposed to just sort of dying and going back into the force you know and that's that's kind of what this you know this sort of point to a lot of these things are and everything else like that too even israel regarde uh regardi regardi uh even talks about how the uh, it was in his book, Ceremonial Magic, the attainment in a mystical, rapturous experience of a state of spiritual consciousness that is the highest accomplishment of all magical procedure. So we're not trying to do the whole, you know, it's it's not Harry Potter, it's not wizards and and making things out of nothing and, you know, liches and fireballs and stuff like that. Again, it's the, part of the problem is the language used and people being not so much unable but unwilling to note where these things cross over. And it's like, well, you use this word, so screw you because you're wrong. Well, you guys, if you take out that word that each of you are using for it, you guys are describing the same damn thing. So you can use whatever word you want as part of the problem in language. You're describing the same thing. Um, so that's that's kind of why, you know, even though I've used Tai Chi a lot as a, as a uh, example, why you can also use things like magic and magical systems and, and things like that in this as well. And, and again, when I'm talking about magic and magical systems, I'm not talking about Lord of the Rings, Tolkien stuff. I'm not talking about C.S. Lewis stuff. I'm not talking about Harry Potter or Dungeons and Dragons or video games. Or, or any sort of fantasy novel sort of thing or anything else like that, or, or you know, uh, comic books or anything. You know, I'm talking about old school stuff from like native shaman places from ancient Egypt and coming up on through into now and, and the chaos people and stuff like that too. That's what I'm talking about. And I'll have other things I want to get into with, with some of those things specifically later. Again, regardless of how you know, quote, real, unquote, they might be. I'm still interested in it. It's still fun to me, if nothing else. 
and again it, it, since everything is using is is the same thing just different language it helps give me a certain perspective on things however there are people who really sort of turn me kind of the wrong way and part of that is I'm really, I'm actually pretty good at um, picking up behavior and understanding behavior and being able to sort of process what's kind of healthy and unhealthy. Um, again, self-esteem, not super great throughout my life, but I, I, I know I've been told by other people and unsolicited comments that I was pretty damn good at working mental health. And even other friends or family or something like that have talked about things they're like wow it's really insightful about someone's behavior uh with that so um one of the things i i get you can call it vibes and call it intuition whatever you want to call it i i i i get that off of some people now one of the ways you can think about intuition is again the brain is all the mind the the I, eh. I do not subscribe that the brain is a generator of consciousness, but a receiver, regardless of whether the meat brain is the generator or receiver of consciousness. It is always taking in information. And one of the ways that intuition has been described is you've taken in so much information and your intuition, that weird feeling about something is, is information about something kind of being wrong or vice versa. Hey, I get a really good feeling about this, a really good intuition about this. You're picking up on something that's really working and really doing well and good, uh, but you don't have it in, in the front sort of conscious part of your cortex yet. It hasn't reached there yet. It's still processing. But the signals that that you're, you're receiving and feeling as intuition are 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 still there and they're still getting signals through kind of thing so trust your intuition about people especially if we're going to go into any sort of like weird stuff or your health um and even trust it even just because someone has a phd or a doctorate or something like that quite frankly you know it doesn't mean they really have your best interest at heart I know people who are doctors and, and they've even said is like, listen, you're basically taught in medical school that the body's just a machine. That's it. And and it seems to be not even like an actual machine machine where the parts still work with each other. The the most mechanistic about about the body that I get is that it's a really well made watch. So if you take out a, a gear up in one side and you replace it with a gear that's maybe not as perfectly made as the original one, guess what? The whole system doesn't work well anymore. It doesn't work the way it could anymore. And it's the same thing with your body. You know, it's an ecosystem and that, that whole thing change does stuff. So, you know, and, and I've, 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 you know, been in situations where I've actively seen again, doctors, in hospitals, pretty much ignore what was going on. You know, tell someone, "Hey, you know, when we I've, I've heard this before." A doctor's like, "Well, she's just she's just making it up. She doesn't know what she's talking about." What? <laughs> it's like, and the, the the person who said that was the person running 
the the um, I don't want to say unit because it wasn't necessarily the unit, but the, but the 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 sort of specialty office that that we were in. Oh, she doesn't know what she's talking about. I was like, what the fuck? She doesn't. This is this person's life, and they've been living this for months. Well, you guys have been farting around. And you know, it's it's if you get a bad feeling about somebody or a situation, listen to that. Because even if it's not something spiritual, a guide, a totem, your higher you know, holy guardian angel, which your holy guardian angel is actually supposed to be you anyway. Uh, if you know, even if it's not any of those things, even if it is just the brain processing at sort of the subconscious and the, the conscious processing at different speeds, listen to it. If it's something's really good and really, and, and, but make sure if it's really good too, that you're really feeling it's really good versus it seems that way, because there are some people that put up a really good screen that things seem a certain way, but they're not. So this is going back again to the critical thinking, going back again to the processing. When I teach stuff, I'm asking a lot of times during a class, even real basic early stuff, you know, is everything cool? Do you understand? What did it feel like? How do you feel? Because I want people to go back in and start feeling these things and thinking about how they're feeling these things. You know, one of, one of the best tools I ever saw working in mental health was the CBT cycle, the cognitive behavioral therapy cycle. Because it talks about the very top of the, of the cycle is the thought. And then it moves to the feeling. And even if that, if that feeling is the thing that you feel first or you notice first, there had to have been some sort of thought that triggered that feeling. The feeling creates the behavior. The behavior gets the reaction from the outside world. And then the outside, the reaction from the outside world then triggers the thoughts again. And you have that cycle that constantly going. So if you want to change the outside world, you've got to change your thought. So if you just, I get this feeling from it, feel the feeling and, and sort of start looking for what, where that came from in terms of a thought and and that'll help you with that and that'll also help with things like your intent what's your what's your intent to do these things this is now getting into maybe some of that shadow work maybe some of that dark side stuff that everyone needs to do because you're you know oh well i felt this way about the situation because i'm pretty angry about this other thing that happened and maybe it starts it's going to start pulling up stuff that's hard to look at and hard to feel and you're going to have some things and truths about yourself that maybe doesn't seem all that great but that's part of you and it's about the choices you make more than stuff like that so you might find a lot of stuff in you that hey this actually sounds like it's like am i the baddie but you can have those thoughts and feelings, but you don't act on them. And that really shows what kind of character that you have and, and who you are too. But you still have to acknowledge that, that stuff's in there. Uh, another thing is you, you might have a lot of people that you meet or see that have been everywhere and done everything. And pay attention to this because if you really pay attention to this, most of the time their timelines don't add up. Like, wait a minute. 
you said that you're this age and this happened 15 years ago or whatever and you were over here in this country doing this thing but then you said this other thing happened so how were you in both or something like that but ever but someone who's who has all the experience all the training all these things all this done all this this all the time all knowing all being sort of thing like that nine times out of ten it's either bullshit that person has a personality disorder or both probably both so again be careful of, of all that that sort of thing so and and they'll sell you stuff easy too oh you don't need to worry about that I know what it is I did all this I did you don't need to do it. well do your own stuff with it true genuine change quality and quantity will take time it'll take effort even if even if someone's like going into the idea that psychedelics are going to short circuit out i don't need to meditate or anything i'm just do, do a bunch of mushrooms and ayahuasca or something like that well no because even with the psychedelics there still needs to be time for processing and integration and you get people trying to sell you a bunch of bs about psychedelics they're saying you don't need integration and processing run away from them too you know even if you go to proper like ayahuasqueros in south america it's not just okay we all get fucked up overnight and party on or something like that no it's usually actual ceremonies several times during the week with days in between of practicing and and processing and integrating and they're leading you through things proper shamans are leading you through things like therapists even too you know this is why maybe psychedelics need decriminalized and 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 brought into to some therapeutic things because they can be but again in order for that actual change of these things to happen it's going to take time now some people have amazing stories you know um uh been addicted to some i haven't but someone maybe addicted to heroin or something like that they went and had you know a week with the aguasqueros going through some ayahuasca stuff and you know cured for all intents and purposes of their addiction you know the you know these are amazing success stories and it's wonderful but you know what it's not going to be everybody too and there still has to be and had to be the integration the processing and things like that and then that change the quality and quantity that takes time has to then work through time as well you know it'll say you know your tai chi or your meditation don't leave it in the hall and i don't mean the hallway between rooms i mean the hall like the meditation hall the training hall you can't leave it in the hall because if you leave it in there it's no good it's just like a diet if you have it where oh well i'm going to just eat this one thing over a week or something like that and i'm going to lose all this weight and i'll be healthy and be fine and then go back to your other behaviors doesn't work those changes have to take time and they have to be integrated into a lifestyle and that's where the actual change is going to be kung fu kung fu doesn't mean just martial arts it means special skill developed over time it's a lifestyle with it so anything that's going to be worth anything is going to take time and it's going to take effort and the people trying to sell you anything less than that be wary of and remember too 
there are cycles, there'll be ups and downs. There's going to be stuff that's going to be uncontrollable. You know, the Chinese will say you have to taste the bitter before the sweet. Talent and skill and good teachers and young age and lifestyle, it all takes effort. And it takes will, both the way we think of will and the sort of capital W Crowley will too, which is your true self. But don't judge yourself too harshly about it either. Remember, if your intent is to do something to the best of your ability every day and you have a commitment to it and you're doing the best you can, that's awesome. That's more than a lot of people are doing. I'm not saying settle for mediocrity or any of that other stuff either. You know, do the best that you can. Doesn't mean do sort of a little bit and then that's fine too. No, do the best damn thing that you can every day over time. And But recognize that some days are going to be better than others. Some days are going to be really, really difficult. Some days are going to be really easy. Most days are in between. And a lot of days are going to be a mix of all the things too. But if you're, if you're having trouble with something, you know what? That's okay. You're going to have trouble with it. And, but just don't, don't take it out on yourself in any sort of hyper-negative way or anything else like that. Okay. I am running super, super, super way longer than I had any intention of running. I do tend to do that sometimes. I do get a little verbose and loquacious. Um, but then this is sort of less the introductory thing. And I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of got into a couple rants there with it. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's unneeded or unnecessary or wrong or anything else like that. So just as, as a sort of programming note, I do not intend to run uh, as long in other episodes as this one is running. And I will uh, work to keep more on a topic. <laughs> while, while this did have the topic of, of be wary and, and pay attention to things and, and the critical thinking and feeling about stuff, it was tangential. And I understand that and I know that. So... That being said, yeah, there, there will be more streamlined episodes. There will be more of, a, of a, a sort of specific topic. But I just sort of wanted to get um, an introduction in, as it were, as well as being able to sort of lay a certain foundation and groundwork for things that are going to come. So thank you very much for listening. I genuinely thank you and appreciate you and am very grateful uh, for the time that you spent and allowing me uh, some space in, in your minds and consciousness a little bit as well. So thank you very much and have a wonderful morning. Have a wonderful afternoon. Have a wonderful evening. And thank you again.